0: So, can we be late if they weren't even expecting us to drop this week? I guess not. I guess not, right? Yeah. Well, surprise. (laughs) (laughs) It's your boy, OG Baka, a.k.a. Chief Spook, a.k.a. Young Casper, a.k.a. Mbaka of Wakanda. (laughs) And um, this is the Spooks by the Door podcast. We're back. Little early, um, you know, just to say what's up because I, I mean it's Black History Month and the epic film Black Panther hit hit the streets and man did it did it set it off and so we had to we had to come back on our bye week to say what's up and talk about this joint and um, word we're still in Trinidad <laughs> it's Wednesday night. And I have a new guest. <laughs> He's not old. Oh, well, y'all probably seen him before in the background. Probably heard him in the background, maybe one or two of these times. But um, you know, brother, who are you? <laughs> Hello everybody,
1: my name is Tariq, aka Young Reek, aka Excessive Commander, aka Spider Man, aka Lil' Obama, aka Lil Big Bot.
0: He's I a am little the, big <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am the creative consultant and graphic designer for Spooks Pod, uh, part-time. Uh, and I'm just glad to be here and uh always sunny, always warm, always welcoming our living room. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're we'll wrap. Yami, you know mean? I say that the brother is a resident. Uh the reason I brought him on today is because he is the resident comic book enthusiast and uh really all things tv film related uh here at the spooks by the door um and he's also my brother <laughs> like real like you know evie mal devon yeah they ain't my brother but like this one's blood <laughs> so um yeah i'm happy to have the brother here tonight it's good to be home it's, <laughs> it's good to be home <laughs> <laughs> so check it out yeah i mean we we both seen uh black panther tyreek you checked it out open at night yeah. right true true that true that I
1: midnight mean, premiere was actually not as wild as i thought it was going to be but i think that might have just been the location because i the way you described club black panther to me that's what i was expecting for my experience to be when i went oh yeah and it wasn't yeah like so- it was a pretty chilled out experience
0: I mean, I well, you know, going to DC, it's club Black Panther. Everyone's turned up. Everyone's ready to go. Everybody was ready to take it in. I didn't see a whole bunch of the whole, you know, wearing dashikis and all that. I did. I saw many of dashiki, you know, like, but I didn't. <laughs> I,
1: I mean, didn't see nobody like going in there with like drums or bongos or nothing. I didn't see people coming out of the theater dancing, you know, real rap. cheering. There wasn't applause at the end. I will give it that. There wasn't applause, but it was just, like nobody went. You know, am I allowed to curse? Yeah, nigga, what the okay. fuck? Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Hey, mom. Uh, oh, man, she gonna come. right. All right but go ahead. <laughs> um, but it didn't get real, real head-ass, you know, that night for me. Yeah. You know, I was expecting a lot of head-ass stuff, but, like, it didn't get real
0: head-ass, so I was kind of surprised right. that night. So, I mean, I, 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 before, before we get into our feelings about the movie, I mean, it's all good feelings. I don't know. I mean, you can't really feel anything else, but, I mean resident (laughs) enthusiast give us a background on black panther and um kind of the character's history because as me and you have been talking in the past couple days you know there's some explorations that we've done of this character that you know we kind of have to be aware Mm -hmm. of its history in terms of uh the pedestal that we put the character on so Mm -hmm. where did did black panther come from all right so check it
1: and This is from my own research, this is me looking up, I'm by no means a Black Panther expert. My focus tends to be more Spider-Man, but Black Panther I got a lot of respect for. So, Black Panther first premiered in Fantastic Four, number 52, uh, in July of 1966, written by Stan Lee and illustrated by Jack Kirby. Uh, Common misconception is that Black Panther, the character, was inspired by the Black Panther party by Huey P. Newton and Bobby Seale. Which is a little inaccurate. Uh, the character and the political party actually came about in the same year, but both were in uh, both were inspired by the uh, the Londes County Freedom Organization or the L- LCFO in Alabama, um, which was a political party that was trying to fight you know racism in you know the sixties in Alabama. Um, mm-hmm. But
0: kind of like a precursor <laughs> to the Black
1: Panthers. Kind of like a precursor to Black, Black Panthers. Uh, Stokely Carmichael was their leader, of course. Mm. Um, and how they kind of started off where at the time in the county that they're in in alabama there's a very low literacy rate so a lot of people couldn't read um well y'all know that y'all smart um but it was like when you're a political party in a county that can't read you need to be easily identifiable so at first they chose a mascot which was a dove but they felt like the dove was too passive so they wanted something that was a little bit more striking something that you know that was easy to, to see, know that it meant business. So they looked at you know Clark Atlanta at the time, and they looked at their mascot, and their mascot happened to be the Panther. Mm-hmm. So from there, they adopted the Panther, and when most people were going out to vote and started trying to identify with that party, they were calling it the Black Panther Party. Although this party didn't last very long, it became defunct. A year later, Bobby, uh, Huey P. Newton and Bobby Seale got together And made a new Black Panther party based on what was founded by Stokely Carmichael. Um, Now, why was Black Panther the character created? You must all be asking. Well, (laughs) (laughs) do tell, you know. (laughs) Do tell, Mr. Historian. Um, So, why was Black Panther created? Well, the general story is that Stanley and Jack Kirby were trying to come up with some new ideas for characters. it is well understood that black people do enjoy comic books, you know, but there weren't really a lot of black heroes. At the time, they were writing the Fantastic Four, and the Fantastic Four at the time was their most popular comic book. So what they were doing is that to test waters, they would introduce new characters to the Fantastic Four, since historically they were the explorers of the Marvel Universe. They went to other planets, they went to other dimensions. So it was so of course, for to come across
0: other heroes. It was common
1: about? for them to come across other heroes. So right. coming in contact with Wakanda the isolated technological marvel that is in Africa that can never be found, the Fantastic Four stumble upon Wakanda. It was actually Black Panther that introduces him. But this character was created to give black people a character that they can latch on to, that they can enjoy, mm-hmm. and ultimately read and buy more comics. Because it's just like the the whole business of comics, people want to be reflected, that gets into my comics that like, makes money. You know, it's all business. All right. um, although... I will I will say this now because I, I don't want people to think that it comes from malintent. I do not believe Jack Kirby and Stan Lee created this character for the sake of money. Because when you see interviews or read interviews from these two, they really care about their craft as storytellers. So I really do believe that they wanted to create this character and have this character be for other people, but it does serve a higher purpose, you know.
0: For us, for us, you know, it, and I, 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 stand by you on that because, um, we talked about like the X Men mm-hmm. and how like the X Men are characterizations of teenagers who have angst and mm-hmm. have, um, you know, the explorations of sexual orientation and the things that go between that. Mm-hmm. Um, how you talked about Magneto and Doc and uh, Professor X were uh, framed after Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. You know, mm-hmm. so, so I definitely believe that you know. And it's probably why I always rocked with Marvel um, over DC and Superman and all them. Except for Batman. I rocked with Batman. But, yeah, I mean, it was always like you had a character that related to you Mm
1: -hmm. that you can
0: kind of grasp onto. I mean, but I'll be honest, like, I really didn't... I knew of Black Panther, but I didn't um, really get into... I really... really That's how it was for a lot of people. Yeah, I didn't really know about him until they were about to put a movie out. And honestly, for all of the... Marvel characters that have movies now um, it's really I didn't really know about any of them (laughs) when they came out with Iron Man a lot of people were just like
1: the people who didn't know Iron Man was just like who the hell is Iron Man Right. the people that didn't know Iron Man is just like we don't want to really see y'all really want to do y'all really want to go with a B-list or C-list hero but it's just like
0: but the Avengers is the bigger property
1: the Avengers is the bigger property but you gotta think these movies form public perception of these characters. Iron That's Man right. wasn't a popular character until they cast Robert Downey Jr. and made that first movie.
0: Oh, for true.
1: You know. Now he's one of the now, You know, predominant. Now, now he's in one of the now he's one of the predominant superheroes. You're seeing more Iron Man comics than usual. You're seeing more Iron Man merch, you know? Same thing with Captain America. Same thing with Thor, even though it took Thor a while to get a good movie, but I digress.
0: The, but um but even in, in re- even to move on um just a little bit. But even today, um they announced that Ta-Nehisi Coates is going to write a new series for Black Panther that takes Black Panther to space. I don't think you got that news. I, don't I think did get that. Years. Okay, but th- like you said, it's the movies that directly influence the comics, which is mm-hmm. now going to make it a more even more culturally relevant mm-hmm. um property for mm-hmm. real. But why is it going to be culturally relevant? Because this movie was fucking awesome. Yeah. And it was black. So yes, the movie, like, the movie it was, was really black. black. <laughs> like it was
1: very black. I it was Kwanzaa at our house black. No, nah, it might
0: have been black in that, bro. Yeah, maybe. It was black in that because <laughs> I was actually <laughs> taken aback by how how black the movie was and just how much the movie explored the different themes and the whole diaspora of mm-hmm. black people and Africans all around the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll I'll kick it to you like this: i and some of the it's a Pan-Africanist movie, mm-hmm. in asking you to think about it, it, it. The movie asks you to think about isolationism, but also your mm-hmm. responsibility to help others in your community, mm-hmm. the responsibility to take care of yourself as a way of preserving culture. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a lot of heavy stuff to deal about and it's a lot of topics that um, we talk about a lot here on this week's Spider Door podcast. (laughs) And it it literally kind of took all of those themes um, into consideration. And also Mm. just the cultural relevancy of the small things. I mean, there were no women in this movie with straight hair. (laughs) Or like, um, I think I read that there were no hot combs on set. I mean, Shorty Mm. threw off her wig (laughs) <laughs> when she in the casino scene to be to be asked. I'm going to oh, and if I didn't mention already, get ready for it. It's about to be spoilers about, so just get ready. But like it was it was just so authentic. It mm. was authentic to the point that I was brought to tears. Like
1: So you actually cried
0: in the theater? Yeah. I I mean, uh, look, it was real. I, I mean, I'm not bawling, but it's like, yo, you know what? The part that really hit me where I was like, yo, this movie is way beyond what I Thought I was walking into, I knew I was gonna walk into something great, but I did when I saw the scene where he was going to his ceremony to become king. And oh they were going yeah, you the had river, all the
1: tribes coming on the, the tribes water and all and that the music and dancing, the dancing, the chanting. Dog, it, it that was real. It, that was, was one real. of the most visually stunning scenes in my opinion.
0: To me, it was one of the. It was actually, I think, it was the, one of the best scenes in the movie because. I mean, when you think about the representation side of it mm-hmm. and, you know, you've never seen even in this current day and age, I mean, it, I'm sure there might be a movie out there where they covered African royalty. But in this day and age, with the money they put behind this movie and and the the visualization that I got from it, um, it was just like, yo, mm hmm. I've never seen this in my life, and I've never seen my life depicted like this. Mm. You know, uh, I, I, I honestly couldn't believe it. I honestly couldn't believe it. What, what was your favorite part of the movie? My what favorite part was, of the yeah. movie? All right. Um, once again, spoiler alert. I'll give you one,
1: two. All right. So my favorite part of the movie was actually the club scene itself. Uh-huh. Um, going into that whole chase scene, like that whole sequence. Oh, that was raw. That was raw, you know? for <laughs> one thing, I, I really like this movie because the fight choreography was really good. Absolutely. You know, the fight choreography was really good. Some of the best fight choreo you've gotten in a Marvel movie. And it was just like, to see that the actors themselves had committed themselves to this choreo, because it's very easy to throw a stunt actor, do a wide shot, have the child through uh you know yeah, they were a roundhouse kick or whatever but like they they was were there was in there really brawling they were really wrecking um but on top of that it felt like a James Bond movie you know yeah like I I was I was watching an IGN review and they're like and I felt what was really accurate. It felt like it was one part James Bond movie, second half, you know, your your Marvel movie the the reason yeah. why you went to see it. You know so it's just like to be able to see these characters, you know, go in a situation It's just like like they got suited down. They 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 went in. They started communicating to people in other languages. Coming up with stories. Going into the club. Casing out the scenes. All that stuff. Yeah. You know. Being I mean, it, that that was a really cool thing to see for a superhero flick. You know. Yeah. Because it was just like it it adds layers to this character and what they're capable of.
0: And and even to draw it further, you know, when you took T'Challa, because even it was kind of like this in Civil War, but you explored it more in this. But you take T'Challa out of his realm, uh, and what was crazy is that T'Challa don't walk around. T'Challa carried himself like a king every time, everywhere, like everywhere. He doesn't
1: believe in disguising. He doesn't believe in like slouching or whatever. Like he walks tall,
0: no matter what. In, in that, going back to the imagery and the representation, like, dude, someone who is like totally in control. Like, I remember when he was like, yo, it's Wakanda first. I remember mm-hmm. in the other movie, I remember in Civil War, when every time he was like, oh, there's Bucky, he killed my pops. All right, it's on right. site. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that was like the best part right. of the movie. Like, it's on site every time I see this nigga. But, like, to <laughs> see that, to see that, yeah, you know I mean, no, I, I
1: always, going back to that just for a hot second, I always felt that was so real. But in the fact that like, when Bucky was trying to convince him I didn't kill your dad, and he was just like, then why did you run?
0: I'd run if I saw Black Panther coming at me too. For real, for real. Hey, man, look. <laughs> Great movie. I'm glad I watched it right before uh, I got to this. But, um, you know, I, to see, going back to the character, to see that character and not bow down and still maintain. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, even even in the parts of the movie where they even tried to ding his country for not knowing. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. when they, during the whole interrogation scene, and it was like, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And you, we don't, your country do what? Like, you mm-hmm. know, they, it was so real world because they were still putting this on to him. Mm-hmm. And he, star- he still carried himself above all of that. Mm-hmm. Best part of the chase scene was, of course, when Okoye jumped out that motherfucker <laughs> and threw that spear. And like, it landed, like... Because <laughs> she did it a couple times.
1: Because she threw the spear first... And it went through the dude... uh, It went over the dude's car. The dude ran into it, and it messed up the dude's car. That was dope. But there's also that part where, like, she flipped through the air, grabbed the spear, stuck it in the hood of a car, rode that hood down, like, the the hill. I thought that was dope. But for me, the part where T'Challa was on top of the car, and, like, it went into, like, his sister's, like, where his sister's was, like, they're going too fast. I can't make the turn. He was just, like, hold on. And he got to the side, grabbed the ground, drifted the car, (laughs) Then it explodes and he flies up in the air, runs off the wall, jumps off that wall, catches the car, takes out the wheel. That was all
0: one movement. <laughs> that was, <laughs> oh, the shit. The shit was action packed. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, going. You know, moving into another big key point in the movie mm. was, of course, the villain Eric Killmonger, mm. who. Um, is one of the best villains, and I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to do this right now, so spread nerdism. But is one of the best villains since, superhero villains, since the Joker and the Dark Knight. And um, he was so well-developed. He had a story that you could relate to obviously, mm-hmm. being African American and, and his motivations being, you know, seeing what had happened to the people in in the United States, to the black people in the United States and mm-hmm. how the people are being treated around the world and knowing that what he descended from had the power to mm-hmm. free these people. Like...
1: You should also mention, because you said black people around the world, but you, since we're in spoiler territory, you should also understand that Killmonger was in the US military so he used that as a means to go out and fight in conflicts and see how black people were affected within those conflicts that he fought in mm-hmm. That's everywhere from like the Middle East you know anywhere there's conflict for real
0: and, and also to re- return back to you it's also important to remember that this origin story for Eric Killmonger is is different from the comics It's different from the comics is the comics. That this this um, origin story for him is actually for the movie. Mm -hmm. Which which even doubles down more on the blackness of the movie. I mean, Mm -hmm. when Sterling K. Williams was in the opening scene getting the guns ready, you realize he was about to just stage the race war during the uh in the nineties. In the nineties, like what? But (laughs) but like that that motivation and the drive that he had was was something unseen. I mean, and I don't think Michael B. Jordan did the greatest job acting. I think he's very. He's very mid-level to me, but his character was enthralling just because of um, how different he was from the Wakandans, but Mm. still being a part of it, and how much you really saw... I mean, like... And that's partly why I go back and forth on his acting, because yeah, it's very mid-level for
1: any other movie, but for this one, where you're seeing his inner... For one thing, you spend a lot of the movie not with him, but with the intricacies of Wakandan life and Wakandan right. politics. Right. So you're hearing how these people communicate with each other. You're hearing their, you you're know, little. About the customs, you're learning about the customs, even little even idiosyncrasies tries. with you know the way they, you know, and how they sound. So when you threw him, when you threw out Killmonger in this situation, it was one thing to hear him when he was talking to that white lady in the museum nah, y'all people didn't take this. It's like, no, y'all people stole this. I know where it came from, da-da-da-da-da. He's speaking like your regular woke dude that you hear on the street. It's just like, oh, okay, it's really interesting to hear him talk like us. But then we get a full idea of how we actually sound as African Americans when you put him in that room with Wakandan royalty. Yeah. You know?
0: You know, that's an interesting...
1: Because now we're understanding – because everybody in that throne room was taken aback by him, you know, just in terms of appearance, how he carried himself, what he did, how he speaks, you know. T'Challa's mother was thrown off when he was like, hey, auntie.
0: That was hilarious. (laughs) That was hilarious because it hit everybody. But I guess guess what I was trying to get at – what's interesting is that you said, like, how – the royal family of Wakanda was even taken aback by him, and it it made me mm. often think about it. was well, at least made me think about, you know, do Africans when we go to Africa are they taken aback in the mm-hmm. same way because of our American blackness? Mm-hmm. You know, it's never I've never been to Africa to know, but um, you know, it doesn't it doesn't go over your head on a movie that was so authentic and really explored mm-hmm. a lot of these themes, um. And what was going on. Do you... So here, do you think... Do you think Killmonger's viewpoint was wrong? His viewpoint isn't wrong.
1: His viewpoint is not wrong. Um, Because... In the spirit of black unity. I feel like... I figured out how I was going to turn this around, but you'll catch it when I do it. (laughs) Um, In the spirit of black unity, I feel that if you have the ability to make a positive change for your community or for those around you, you should try to be that positive change. Mm. Um, Now, Killmonger had good ideas at heart. What he wanted to do to get at those ideals is not right. I cannot condone his actions. Right. All right. Like, I believe... So it's Well, the ch- well. well see, it's really weird because it's just like, although I can't condone it, I can see why he got to that. I can see why he right. can see the need for it. You know? Because it's ultimately, it's kind of like history repeats itself almost. Like, you can look at this movie almost like a conversation between Martin Luther King and Malcolm X.
0: Almost. Almost, in regards. You know?
1: You in know, In terms of two sides, yeah. In terms of the two sides. Because, you know, T'Challa and a lot of Nakia were, you know, T'Challa at first was talking about, like, I can only do what I can for my people. Anybody that's not in Wakanda, mm-hmm. that's overextending ourselves. N- Nakia's whole thing was, we have this technology, we should be able to help people, you know? Right. Um, and, but her thing was, like, we should be able to help all people. You know, mm-hmm. so it's just like it goes into extending to not just other blacks, but that goes into whites, Asians, Latinos, whoever humanity, they feel that. In general. humanity in general. Right. You know, whereas Killmonger's idea is that, no, we have to protect ourselves,
0: our people and our culture almost by any means necessary. Yeah, because he you know, I think what, what kind of gets lost in the conversation about if Killmonger or do you align with him mm-hmm. is that. Killmonger was trying to create the empire of Wakanda, mm-hmm. and the empire of Wakanda is, uh, is, of course, imperialistic, and is the same and is essentially um, something that we talk about often on this podcast. But the tools of the oppressor and using them back on on your oppressor, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and what does the kind of that transfer of power and what does power do? Mm-hmm. yeah you know i mean because killmonger essentially if he were to do what he wanted and take the tools mm-hmm. of Wakanda and build the wakandan empire to free all of those people using their technology well don't you just become the oppressor to every other mm-hmm. person in humanity or on the world right yeah you know i mean so it's
1: <laughs> it, it's, it's really weird because it becomes those situations because it's just like what is the correct answer Because with that action, you easily become an oppressor. But when you go out and help other people, does that change their perception of you? Does that change their perception of how they see you in your community?
0: Mm.
1: Or do they only see you as an individual? Because, you know, there's two ways how I look at that. One is something that you told me when when we were real little. You were just starting at Howard. I was probably still a Springer. But I remember you told me. Everybody wants to be that nigga, but nobody wants to be that nigga. Yeah. Everybody wants to be cool, but nobody wants to be the stereotype. But it gets a thing, and I'm sure you've experienced this as well, where sometimes interactions with people outside of our group, it becomes a thing where it's just like, oh, I really like you, but I really don't get everybody Anybody else. else like, like you. You, <laughs> you know? It, so, it in that I do feel that by the end of the movie, jumping ahead a little bit, that that's something that has to maybe be addressed in the next movie, just with the way the movie ended up, because they came out, they were like, you know, Wakanda is here, we have technology, Mm -hmm. we want to help people, but people's perception was just like, you're a farming country, right? you've refused a, What what, what can you teach us, what can you do? it was almost as if like the UN was just like, some of them seemed like it was a little like they were mocking them or laughing at them.
0: them, Almost called them shithole countries.
1: Yeah, um, (laughs) pretty much, you know? So it was just like, yeah, you're going to get those people that are going to be interacting with Wakandans at, you know, the the shelters and these education programs, STEM programs or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, will they still encounter those microaggressions that we do as African-Americans? It might go a little too deep for that
0: in the movie, but it's like that's that's something that I feel like that must be considered. Yeah, it has to be considered. It, I I think it, I think that is a consideration. But I actually want to go back just a little bit, um, because when we when you and I first talked after watching the movie, you said something interesting to me, where you said that the ways that we've been facing racism in the past. No longer apply. Oh yeah, because to that. All
1: right, so that this gets into the big Killmonger quote everybody likes to say, um, and it it really put a damper on his character for me, for you, for me. You know, because throughout the whole movie watching it, I was with Killmonger the entire time. I understood it. He witnessed his uncle kill his father. He witnessed brother kill a brother. He witnessed black on black crime that had to traumatize him. Without without a father figure, clearly his mother was not there, you know, since his dad was armed up in the, in the apartment, he was out in the street playing basketball, nobody talked about his mom. We can only assume that he didn't have a mother. So he lost a mother at a young age, he lost a father at a young age, he went and joined the military, started fighting another, this, that, and the third stuff.
0: He's an MIT grad too.
1: <laughs> and he's an MIT grad. So he's really smart, he's physically fit, he has no problem with killing, right? And his whole basis is that I've seen I've 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 gone and fought and seen the world and I've seen how people oppress us in the United States. I've seen how they oppress us in Africa. Africa. I see how they oppress us in the Caribbean. In, in the Caribbean. I see how they oppress us everywhere is not acceptable. What I know my father was trying to do was trying to bring us together so that we can fight back against our oppressors right? Mm -hmm. I was with him. I was there for it. I was just like, yo, this is the viewpoint that we have to look at and see how does it shape T'Challa because T'Challa is going to have to go up against his head this viewpoint and then come out differently Mm -hmm. you know, but what killed me was that when he was about to die, and I'm already mad enough that he died um, when he was about to die and he said and I'm paraphrasing here um, you know Bury me in the ocean like my ancestors, because who jumped from ships because they knew that death was better than bondage. I sucked my teeth so loud and hard in the middle of that, I was just like, like all my friends looked at me. Three people in the theater looked at me, and I'm just like, they're like, "Yo, what's wrong?" And like, my thing was, is just like, for one, for one, it's an inaccurate statement because he has two sets of ancestors. One is Wakandan, one are traditional Africans. You can say that. You can't put all of that on all of your ancestors. Two, how I wish they would have spun it, because technically speaking, the Africans that jumped off of ships can't be his ancestors.
0: Yes, they can.
1: Hang on, but not, te- hang on, let me go with this on this. <laughs> yes, they are our ancestors. But they are not our ancestors who survived that passage and made sure that our bloodline got to where we are. It isn't that that proves that our people are survivors, they're fighters, they're capable. Now, what I would have wanted to see from Killmonger, instead of making the reference to slavery, which we always do, I would have rather see him shirk off that knife like, nah, I'm not going to die here. I don't need your help. I'm going to go, but I'm going to come back and I'm going to be far more raw. Like, like F that.
0: Like, I'm going to continue. I'm going
1: to continue to fight. I'm going to continue to survive. I'm going to continue to push still, my viewpoint to protect my people. my people. I'm going to still free my people. Even, you know? if means,
0: even if it means killing Even you. if it
1: means killing you. Because mm. historically speaking, in the original Black Panther comics, Killmonger was slightly older than T'Challa. Killmonger was kicked out of Wakanda by by T'Chaka, T'Challa's father, because of his viewpoints, you know? He tried to challenge... Actually, Killmonger became Black Panther several times within the comic book history, just here or there. But it was just like, his whole thing was, if he can get the power to be Black Panther, he can take the power that he has in Wakanda and spread that out over the world to liberate other people. But, of course, it's violent And being a superhero, you don't want to promote that. But it's just like to be able to see that 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 more powerful militant side of Killmonger like throughout the most of the movie. But then when he's dying, he's just like, one, he's accepting death, and then he's just like, throw me to the ocean like my ancestors, because they knew no one was T'Challa wasn't going to lock him up. He was never going to be held in bondage. T'Challa, he was like, we can save you. We can work this out. I want to work this out with you. I don't want to kill you. (laughs) Slavery is the last thing that anybody should ever have to say to T'Challa because Wakanda clearly doesn't dabble in slavery. So So it's an inaccurate argument for me. And that's why I suck my teeth at it. I got his point. I, I feel like that line was for people who, if they didn't get it by this point, now you need to get it, and that's what I
0: retorted to you. <laughs> that's and, what you retorted to me, and, but and, no, that, and that's first. what I, and that's what I retorted to you. And I I will say that you you almost lost me there, but I got you. I hear you. Thank you. <laughs> like, I, I'm really glad you let me finish I hear on you. It. <laughs> I almost stopped, but I I hear I hear what you I hear what you're saying. Um, I I absu- I absolutely do hear what you're saying because. It's kind of like, you know, we always talk about slavery. It would have been the alternative, the alternative ending would have been, you know what? I'm going to jump off this cliff and continue my battle. <laughs> I it fuck y'all. You'll I'm, see me again. Y'all going to see me again. I get it. I that would have been cool, but you know what? No sequels. <laughs> or maybe no, you know, maybe a different character next time. But anyway, but anyway, anyway. Um but going back to your point about um you know, driving the point home for those mm-hmm. that didn't get it yet. I felt that the point did have to be dri- driven home because it, it, when I was in the theater, that might have been the second point that I that I was like, I might have teared up because I was like, shit, like I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. like I can't, I cannot believe, I, 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 you know, it's it's so crazy. You know, when you hear certain things and you see it in the media, it's like. Yo, I'm sitting in a room with literally 100, 150 more people and millions of people are going to see this this weekend. And they said that. And to drive it home, it was really like... I feel like this movie told two different things. It had a message for every white person that wanted to go see it. But the message that we got from this movie had to be explicit because the message is so... Needed right now, and because the movie had to speak to two different audiences essentially, it was even more important that it drives that point home for the black audience in the black community for which you're watching it because it's a kids' movie. Mm-hmm. I saw this movie sitting next to kids, yeah, a, a group of black boys with, that were taken out by black men. Like, I'm I'm uh, I was in the second row, but you know what? I was happy to fucking be there. <laughs> and, and taking in that I way. I had great seats, Mike. But yeah, hey, you had,
1: you had to get on it early for real.
0: Hey man, look. I I ain't even going to go there. <laughs> I ain't even going to go there. But but I I then, you know, look around and, and and that's when I and that's what really drove the movie home and that's why it was kind of an emotional experience for me because I'm thinking about in my life I have never seen someone a character that I can stand beside like this. Like think mm-hmm. about it, dude. Um, my heroes, I say, are Nelson Mandela, Muhammad Ali, and uh, I'm I'm gonna say those two. I'm gonna keep the last one to myself. But those are real people, right? Mm -hmm. I grew up as a fan of Power Rangers, of of Batman, of Spider Man, and all these things. But Power Rangers had Zach, the Black Ranger, and you know they might have had a red. The the leader was black for how long? Like a season. <laughs> it was an off and on thing. Like I never had a hero that I could align with in my ideology and everything. You get Blade, but like you know what I mean, Blade was Blade. <laughs> Blade is Blade. Blade is black. Blade black. wasn't fighting
1: for the liberation of black folk. He he was yeah. fighting vampires. And
0: then you have this character that comes along, in, in my 28 years of life, finally at 28 years old, I'm I'm getting this character, and I'm seeing it depicted on the screen. I'm like, yo, this is a hero. That I wish I had. And I'm looking at kids that now have this hero, my G. Like, dog, you want I want to pick up the toys. <laughs> I want to pick up and play with the toys because I was like, yo, I never had this before. I want to read all the comics because I never had this. Mm-hmm. And And that's why I really feel that the point needs to be driven home because what would I be today if I had that? You know, what would I be... Yes, I know these things now, but what if I went through my entire childhood mm-hmm. having this character, having it depicted to me in this way, having it align with me, having it draw it draw me closer into knowing myself mm-hmm. and then what power would I have now in dealing with other people the rest of my life mm-hmm. and knowing that? That is extremely, extremely, extremely powerful to me. Mm-hmm. And you had to drive that point home. I mean, props to props to Ryan Coogler yeah, and Chad, Chad Bowman and uh, Bozeman and Joe. Um, know, what was his name? I keep forgetting the name.
1: Hold on, I'll, I'll i it. I want.
0: I have to get. I have to get a man's props and everybody who worked on this movie because, like, they did. They did seriously important work here. Yeah, <laughs> they did. They did seriously important culturally resonant work that you cannot deny. But mm-hmm. um yeah. It was Joe Robert Cole. Joe Robert Cole. Yo, props to Joe Robert Cole, props to Ryder Kugler, props to everyone who worked on this movie because I mean literally what they what they did with this is so much bigger than telling this story that leads to the Avengers teaming up on May fifth. Like fuck right. that. It's about us having a hero. It's about us looking at ourselves in a different way and having someone to cheer for. Mm-hmm. And, and... Like, this is a movie that can stand prominently on its own. Absolutely.
1: You know? Like, you don't need context for anything else. You know? You technically don't even need to see Captain America Civil War to watch this movie.
0: You really don't. You know? You, only to get, like, the, the first 30, 20, 30 minutes of the movie. Right. And... that Which is not really that it, much. You could have put it together.
1: Right. So, it's just like... But, like, they really did the thing with this movie. Like, Noah... Like, I I feel like the special effects in this one were a lot better than Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which had a bunch of special effects going on in the movie. Um, the costume work was some of the best costumes that I've ever seen. You know, even just watching the interview, seeing how they got the inspirations from them, how they went and checked out the tribes, yep. you know, all, all of that, you know. Um, even halfway through the movie, you know, specifically, shout out to, you know, the Fuller Tribe, Uh, my girlfriend's Fulani, so I gotta shout her out for this, but there was a lot of people from the Fuller Tribe that were involved, partly in the story of the movie and partly in just making the movie come together in terms of costuming, in terms of location, in terms of even the music, you know. Uh, The music that I peeped, um, which was scored by Ludwig Gordeson or Goranson, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Mm -hmm. but I know him as a dude that produced most of Childish Gambino's music. (laughs) he wrote the music for this movie and I was watching his interview with rap genius the other day while walking home from work on Twitter. And he was talking about how, when he was getting ready for this movie, he found this, uh, this Fulani music artist. And he asked if he can come with him on tour and like, listen to him, do music, see what inspires him. See, you know, get with the culture. And this is the white guy, by the way, Mm. but, and I feel like this is important that we have to acknowledge this as well. Um, which is why this movie is also really important. Um, but it's just like this white guy understood the importance of accurately depicting the cultures that would make up this movie. Yeah. Where even he felt himself that if he was going to write this, write the music for this movie, he wants el- he wants all the sounds that he can get that will inspire this movie. Yeah. So he was studying drums. He was studying you know, the, the, you know, vocal performances, you know, all the chanting and that you hear in the movie, you know, he went to go and find out the sources of those sounds. Where do you get all that, you know?
0: And, and that's, that even goes back into the appropriation conversation because mm-hmm. and even, even and also appropriation, but even how do we get people to see our side and empathize and mm-hmm. care for mm-hmm. our culture, our viewpoint and everything. And, when you're talking about this movie, that that doubles down on how important the movie is because it's still a Marvel flick. There are white people that are interested in this movie. Yeah, one of the one of the per- people that I've had the most conversation <laughs> with about this movie has been a white woman at my job because she's just a big ass fan of the Dora Milaje. Like, but, the
1: Dora Milaje were probably the most ride or die group of the movie. Dog, Shh. shout out to like, the Dora Milaje. <laughs> hey, shout yo. out to the Naggera. Shout out to Didier Garras. Shout out to Michonne from Walking Dead. All right, yeah, dead ass, because she, for one, okay, this is I, a complete. Right, I gotta get to. Yeah, I wanted to get, get to, to something. Get to the something. Get <laughs> to something.
0: And, but that—that's what makes it so important because she saw it for the women empowerment side of it, whether black or white, and her having that viewpoint and her. Having a getting a little piece of my viewpoint opened me up to her viewpoint about the women in the movie. This is a movie for everybody. It's a movie for everyone, and and you know that's why it, like I encourage everyone to go see it. Like even if you have no inkling or desire, like the person, everybody needs to sit down and watch this movie for, one for thing, what it is. Even
1: if you don't want to get into the political commentary of the movie, which we shouldn't ignore it because that part is important. Of the movie even if you don't want to discuss that part still go see the movie because it's still just a really good movie you know it's, it's still a really good movie it still deserves to be seen um and on top of that it may it may i mean i'm gonna say it now it is the best marvel studios movie or the best marvel movie to date Hands down. you know um and that's not even because of my personal because bias. Because it black. <laughs> yeah. It's not even because it was black. It's just because I found it to be a really good movie. It was tightly written. Jokes are good. They weren't too jokey. You know, the movie yeah. had good action and it had something to say, you know. And I can only hope that with this movie having something to say, other movies down the line, if they, if they have something to say, I want them to address it because it's through these movies, it's through the popularity of these movies that people are going to get that message, you know, that's needed. Um, the parts of the movie where your white co-worker could relate to and she could see those parts and relate to you and what you were seeing, if these superhero movies are able to open this conversation, you know, about any, any matter, hmm then they have the then they should be able to tackle that you know our entertainment should challenge us absolutely it should challenge us and it should enrich us and that goes into what I was telling you you know you know i, I I'm just gonna put it out there these movies are a great power yeah these movies are a great power, so it is with that responsibility of this great power we should be making sure that these movies. You should come out of this movie a better person, I think, or you should come out of this movie with another perspective.
0: You know, I'm gonna clap for you because I don't think a lot of our listeners realize that you just gave us <laughs> Spider-Man quote. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I got it. I was like, I'm gonna figure it out. <laughs> I was like, you just gave us a Spider-Man quote. Yeah, I mean, with great power comes great responsibility, and to double down on what the brother just said. We are storytellers. It is our responsibility to tell our own story and depict it. You know, the power of what we saw with this movie and what was depicted to us helps us grow, helps us explore, helps us learn more. And even though this is a totally fictional story, you're going, people go and now research, well, what was influence of this? And what, how does this tie to me? And then they learn something new. And it becomes a beautiful, beautiful thing on that, you know, in, in that regard, mm-hmm. and the power that we have in tell, and that's the great power of this movie, and the responsibility that when we tell stories, we don't just tell stories for the hell of it, we don't just tell stories not to 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 downplay our community, to look make our community look the wrong way. We have the responsibility in being upfront and up upright and hold the truth of our stories. Mm. So, but that should be. Not just... It. That's Not everything. Not just our
1: story. That's every story. That's every story. That should be every... The point... The point where we as a people, and I mean just as a human race, where we should get to is where the stories we tell have a meaning to anybody who hears it. You know? even if, Even if we can't get on the same page with somebody... We should be able to tell a story and a person should be able to walk away with the story with a new perspective and be able to at least reflect on it, see if they can relate with it, and if they can't relate with it, be able to respect that viewpoint and just let it go.
0: Well said, brother. Well. With that being said, this has been the Spooks Better Podcast, a very special bonus episode this has been your boy, O.G. Baka, a.k.a. Umbaka of Wakanda. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been joined by the good brother, Tariq, uh, at Reek What You Sew on Twitter and Instagram. And, um, yeah, we'll highlight at y'all real soon. Peace. and be sure to check out more from the Spooks by the Door.